with a few things. Amen. Every November on the fourth Thursday of the month, our president, several years ago, has commemorated this as a national holiday to give thanks to God. And there's nothing wrong with that, with that concept of it being a national holiday of thanksgiving. But God's Word tells us that we should give thanksgiving not just one time a year. Amen. I mean, really, quite honestly, every day ought to be a day to give thanks. That should be our attitude. And uh, let me get this going here today on our, how about turning the power on? We're going, okay, there we go. If you're, if you're using the Bible app, you can go ahead and open that and uh, press the more button, lower right-hand corner, and then tap events on the next page, and then tap Casa View Assembly of God, and you'll have all the information you need. Our theme for this year is walking with God. And if we're going to walk with God, then we must walk with thanksgiving in our hearts and upon our lips. The title of today's message is simply Walking with God in Thanksgiving. And in today's bulletin, if you want to go ahead, if you haven't done so already, pull out today's study guide and follow along with us. Amen. My question is, why is Thanksgiving such a big deal? Why is it essential for us to walk with God with Thanksgiving in our heart? Why is it essential? Well, you see, Thanksgiving actually is one of the evidences that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is uh, inside of you. And one of the things that's going to come out is Thanksgiving. How do you know that? Well, Ephesians 5, Paul writes to the Ephesian church and says, don't, uh, under, uh, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Then he tells you what the will of the Lord is not. The will of the Lord is not to be drunk with wine in which is access or dissipation. Then he tells you what the will of the Lord is. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the will of God. Then in the next verse, he tells you what's going to be some of the evidences that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's the will of God. You'll speak to one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs. I mean, you're going to have a melody in your heart. You're going to be singing to the Lord. And then you will automatically give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul tells us how we will uh, fulfill the will of God by speaking in psalms and hymns, but also in giving thanks. Quite honestly, one of the manifestations of continually being filled with the Spirit of God is that we will have thanksgiving well up from within side of our inner being. Amen. Thanksgiving is a manifestation of continually being infilled with the Holy Spirit. So... Don't claim to be filled with the Spirit if you are a person who's constantly not giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. But if you are filled with the Spirit, I believe you will be filled with thanksgiving. Why is that? Because whatever's on the inside is going to come out of, of, of the, uh, through your mouth. You're going to speak it. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. And so if the heart is filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with thanksgiving and gratitude and glory to God, you can't keep it on the inside. It'll be like fire shut up inside your bones. It's going to come out. Amen. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 declares, always be joyful, never stop praying, 
Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we are to give thanks to God in the midst of every circumstance. There's something to be thankful for. Quite honestly, an unthankful person is a person who really is not filled, not full of the Holy Spirit. There's something lacking there. And another thing that Thanksgiving does, it is a key, if you will, that will open the door to the entrance of the presence of God. And that's how you come before the Lord. You enter through the gate of what? Thanksgiving. Enter to His presence. And so it opens the door to the entrance of God's presence, or really to the entrance to the presence of the Spirit of God. Amen. And to the power of God. The the key is thanksgiving. Some way we've got to understand how powerful thanksgiving is in our prayer time. Amen. Because if you want to move into a miracle realm, you want to move into a realm of healing, you want to move into a realm of where the anointing of the Spirit is, well, let me tell you what the key that's going to unlock that door, it's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praise and adoration to the Lord will usher you into the presence of the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and thereby the anointing of God and the power of God. Oh, praise God. And so thanksgiving that comes out of our mouth will prepare our inner man for what God will wants to do, He wills to do in our spirit man. Again, the first step in coming before God in intercessory prayer, I believe, involves thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving will get you into the entrance of His gate to the presence of God quicker than any other method. Psalms 100 describes it, verse 4, enter. Into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And then the next verse, verse 5, tells us why we should be thankful to the Lord. For the Lord is good. Hallelujah. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Oh, praise God. Friends, we praise God not because of the way we feel or the way we don't feel. We praise God because of how great He is, who He is, how awesome He is. Why? Because the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Amen. And so also the key to receiving the peace of God You know, we need the peace of God. Amen. We live in all anxiety and worry and fear and all this stuff. We need the peace of God. The key to receiving the peace of God is when we bring our prayers to the Lord, we need to couple our prayers with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God. Philippians chapter 4 begins to describe this, the significance of pairing thanksgiving to our prayers. And in the New Living Translation, chapter 4, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. (laughs) That's good advice. Amen. Tell God what you need. Amen. And thank Him for all He has done. Amen. What will happen then? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds As you live in Christ Jesus. The same passage of scripture in a different version. The New King James Version says. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. What's that? I'll tell you what it is in a minute. 
By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Oh, thanksgiving is important. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's supplication with thanksgiving. And notice there's a relationship there. Now, what is supplication? Supplication is very deep, earnest level of praying. It's not, well, dear Lord, I pray for this need. Amen. No, no, no. It's you are praying from the depth of your soul. Often you are are weeping. You're calling out to God. God, I need an answer now. You know, you are serious. And we used to call it praying through. I mean, you are just praying until you reach heaven. It is deep, deep, deep. How many have ever prayed that way before with supplication? Earnest prayer before God. Amen. That kind of prayer that is preceded with or accompanied with thanksgiving is powerful. Powerful. And when you begin to pray with deep anguish of soul in fervent prayer, and you accompany it with thanksgiving then great things begin to happen and powerful things begin to happen. Quite honestly, we should never pray, ask God for something without first thanking Him. That ought to be a normal part of our prayer and for what He's already done in our lives. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor Marcus, why in the world do we need to thank God? I mean, why is it important to put thanksgiving with our supplication, with our prayers? Why is it so important? Well, think about it. Is it for God's benefit that we are thanking Him? I mean, is God up in heaven and He's waiting on His throne and saying, I just wish somebody would thank me. I'm just waiting to answer prayer, but you know, they just hadn't thanked me enough, you know. And I believe it's true that God loves our response of gratitude. I think he, he enjoys that. But I really think that that's not the reason that we need to, we're commanded in Scripture to offer thanks to the Lord. I really believe that more importantly, the reason we need to thank God is not for God's benefit alone, but for our benefit. It's for our benefit we need to offer thanksgiving. We need to have a spirit of gratitude. Amen. As we begin to thank God for all that He is and all that He has done for His goodness, for His mercy, for His grace, that He has saved you, He's redeemed you, He said, and you just begin to list all the things and you begin to thank God for all the things that He has done in the past, by the act of you doing that, we are preparing our hearts today and preparing our spirit man to believe That if he did it in the past and he has not changed, guess what? He can do it again. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So thanksgiving is a way that we renew our minds. We're renewing our minds and we're remembering how great God is. We're remembering all that He has done and how He's been blessing you and how He's done all these things. And He has seen you through every challenge you've been through. And He has not changed. He's never abandoned you. And as you are offering thanks to God, you're renewing your mind. And Scripture says that you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. You are being transformed as you offer thanksgiving to God. It's not just to His benefit, it's to your benefit. That's why we need to offer thanks. 
So thanksgiving is a preliminary step in order to increase your faith. How many of you would be interested in increasing your faith? Having greater faith? Oh, absolutely. Well, I can give you some homework if you want to do that. Why don't you just make a list this week of all that you're thankful for? And every day, pull out your list as you pray and just go through that list. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Your faith is going to grow. Because you'll be reminded of how great God is and how wonderful He is. Praise God. Amen. And it's impossible to go through a list of God's blessing without sensing a surge in your spirit man. A surge of your faith. It's called renewing your mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So thanksgiving actually is an attitude. It's an attitude of gratitude that prepares us really for the miracle working power of God to happen in our life today. Amen. Now at the same time, I believe that there are some attitudes that are rotten attitudes, stinking thinking. Amen. And there are at least three attitudes that we need to steer away from. Attitudes that will steal your gratitude. And one of those is an attitude of pride. Pride. Pride is concerned with me, myself, and I. Amen. Only concerned about self, not concerned about others. And a prideful attitude will keep you and me from being thankful. This is an attitude that says, well, nobody ever gave me anything. I've worked for everything I've ever gained. You know, it's, it's by my bootstraps. I've done it all. And, and uh, you're only thankful to yourself for your own hard work. It's a self-reliant, self-serving, self-sufficient attitude. And it will rob you from an attitude of being thankful and grateful to God and to others. There's another attitude that will rob us from being thankful. And that is having a critical spirit. A complaining spirit. A critical spirit will keep you and me from being uh, thankful. Instead of being grateful, this person will always find something to complain about. I know none of you have ever known a person like that. Don't look around. Don't point any fingers. Amen. I heard the humorous story, and I'm sure you've, you've heard it before, of the monk. A guy decided to become a monk in a monastery. And he signed up and joined the order where silence was a virtue. And that was a cardinal rule. You could never talk to anyone. And you could only say two words every decade. And so for ten years, this guy said absolutely nothing to anybody else. And for ten years... And then the head monk called him and said, Well, it's now your turn. You can say two words. And so the fellow said, Food, tasteless. <laughs> and having said his piece, the monk returned to his quarters to spend the next ten years in silence. And so ten years goes by. Twenty years have now gone by. And once again, he's summoned to the superior's office to speak his two words. And you know what he says, this time he said, bed hard, food tasteless, bed hard. Well, then he goes away to his quarters for another 10 years. Now a total of 30 years have passed and the head order summoned the monk and he was told this time to come and to speak his two words. And he said, I quit, I quit. And immediately, the head monk jumped up and responded, Well, I'm not surprised. All you've done is complain ever since you've been here. 
Dr. Dale Robbins, a medical doctor, said, I used to think people complained because they had problems. But I've come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Oh, my. You see, the thing is, complaining doesn't change anything. It doesn't make it better. It only amplifies frustration. And it spreads discontent and discord. It can invoke an invitation for the enemy to come in and get a foothold in your life. And wreak havoc in your life. Complaining makes us miserable. In Psalm 77 verse 3, it says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. In Philippians 2, Paul writes and says, In everything you do, stay away from complaining. <laughs> Amen. So that no one can speak a word of blame against you, you are to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crookedness and perverse... How have you realized we live in a dark world filled with crookedness and perverse people? And then he says, let your lives shine brightly before them. You see, the way you let your light shine is by saying blessing words and rejoicing and being joyful, not when you're complaining. Because you will stand out as different than the rest of the crowd. Amen. People will want to drink what you're drinking. Hello. Drink of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because you have, you're, you're not, you know, things happen bad, but you don't get it shook up. You just let your light shine. You just rejoice. You just praise God anyway. Amen. Someone said, well, we'll get into that in a moment. So instead of looking at the negatives in our lives and complaining, which we could all do that, we need to look at the positives in our life and give thanks to God and rejoice. And so a, an attitude of pride will rob you of gratitude. And complaining will rob you of gratitude. Another thing that will rob you is taking things for granted. When you overlook the familiar and take things for granted, it will keep you from being thankful. Someone once said, if the stars in the sky only came out one time a year, every one of us would stay up that one night of the year. And we would ooh and awe at the wonders of the heavens that, of God's creation. But because they're out every night, hello, we've grown accustomed to them. In the Bible, the Israelites were grumbling and complaining when they left Egypt because they, their diet was restricted. And they complained to Moses and he asked the Lord about it and the Lord sent them heavenly bread Moses said, this is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And they just had to go out in the morning and collect it. And the scripture says it tasted like honey to their lips. Oh, it was wonderful. And, but wouldn't you know it, after a while, they got tired of eating the same old thing every day. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, it says, now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna. Oh, I'm just sick and tired of manna. Manna, manna, manna. And they had a miracle of God every day, and they were complaining and grumbling about it. Wow. So we need to be on guard against pride, against a grumbling spirit, and against a critical spirit of, of carelessness and taking things for granted. Rupyard Kipling was a powerful speaker and writer, author, in the prior century, he said, words are, mo are, of course, the most powerful drugs used by mankind. Uh, 
And he was a prolific author and he wrote many things. He was a wonderful speaker and he made lots of, of wealth from his, uh, while he was living. He made money. And so a critical reporter one day acknowledged and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that someone calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over $100 a word. And Kipling said, wow. He raised his eyebrows and said, really? I I really wasn't aware of that. And this uh, cynical reporter reached down into his pocket and he pulled out a $100 bill. And he gave it to Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill, Kipling. He said, now give me one of your $100 words. Kipling looked at that $100 bill, folded it up, put it into his pocket, And said, thanks. (laughs) Amen. How would you like someone to give you a $100 bill and say, give me a $100 word? You think you could come come up with one? Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Amen. And you know, I think Kipling was right. I think that thanks indeed is a valuable word. I think it's much more valuable than just $100. Amen. It may be a million dollar word. Thanks is one word that is too seldom heard, it's rarely spoken, amen, and it's too often forgotten, thanks. And quite honestly, if there's any nation in the world that ought to be thankful to God, it ought to be America. And if there's any people in America that ought to be thankful to God, it ought to be Christians that ought to be thankful to God. Now I want to share with you three things briefly of what the Word of God says about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be declared. It should be declared. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor Marcus? I'm talking about the fact that we need to speak. We need to express our thanksgiving. In Psalms 107, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And so indeed, we should express, we should declare, we should speak the, 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 what we're grateful to the Lord for, to God, and, and to express to others as well. In the Bible, there's a classic example that many pastors will refer to on this day. And it's a classic story in Luke 17 of ten lepers. Remember the story of ten lepers? Jesus was going toward Jerusalem, and he reached the border of Galilee and Samaria, And when he reached the border, there were ten guys with leprosy that they always stay away from people. They're off to a distance. And they say, you know, leprosy, leprosy, or whatever they they yell, you know, so you stay away from them. And they cried out to the Lord and they said, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. And and the Lord looked over at them and and he, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They hadn't even reached the priest yet, and they were already cleansed. And one of the ten lepers, when he saw that he was healed, he stopped in his tracks, and he ran back to Jesus, and he shouted, Glory to God! Praise God! Praise God! And he fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, and he thanked Him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for healing me. And Scripture says this man was a foreigner. He was from Samaria. He wasn't even from the house of Israel. He was a foreigner. And Jesus thanked him in verse 17. And then he asked a question. He said, well, didn't I heal ten men? 
well, where are the other nine? And he implied that they should have had gratitude in their heart as well. And, but he said, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. New Living Translation. New King James, this same verse says, And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Well, I thought he was already healed. What does it mean, thy faith has made thee whole? You know, he was already whole. The Lord had already healed him. Well, he had healed him of his physical being, yes. But this man, because of his thanksgiving to God... He was now made completely whole. And I believe it's talking about his spiritual well-being. That not only was he healed physically, but he was saved in his soul, giving thanks to God. Praise God. I submit to you, friends, that we too are made whole by our thanksgiving. Our thanksgiving. So thanksgiving indeed should be declared. Psychologist. Tell us today that sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is the healthiest of all human emotions. Did you get that? Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. There's a Swedish endocrinologist by the name of Hans Soleil. Hans Soleil is also known as the founder of stress therapy. And he wrote in his writings... This uh, famed uh, uh, scholar and, uh, in, uh, and uh, 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 medical doctor, he said that gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. So even physicians are saying there is a physical benefit to Gratitude. Wow. A thankful heart will endear you to others and endear others to us. So it's not only good for the giver, but it's good for the receiver. God indeed appreciates our thanksgiving. I guarantee you he appreciates it. Because what? It praises him, it lifts him, it glorifies him, and it endears us to him, it draws us closer to him. And if we're not grateful, if we do not express thanksgiving then it can have the exact opposite effect in our relationship to God. There was a group of people that Romans 1 describes that had a very ungrateful heart. And it says in Romans 1 that although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Oh my. And this passage implies that there are people that who are ungrateful to God. And if so, they will soon fall away from God. And their hearts will become darkened and hardened. So here we see man's pride keeping people from worshiping God. Keeping people from being thankful. So thanksgiving should be declared. Moving on, the second thing that we learn is that our thanksgiving should be multiplied or increased or we would say expanded 
It should be increased in our life. Do you realize that you can grow in your level of thanksgiving? Amen. And uh, as the scope of our thanksgiving expands and grows, it should grow in several areas. And here are three that I want to mention. But one of the areas that it should grow is our thanksgiving should include the blessings of life. The blessings of life. I, I know that my wife... Is a, is a wonderful cook. <clears throat> and uh, on Thanksgiving Day, our kitchen will look like World War III. I mean, it will, there'll be dishes everywhere. And, uh, uh, but one thing that is really special is that, uh, is that we can stand in our kitchen and look at all the dirty dishes after we've eaten and thank God for those dirty dishes. You say, you're crazy, Pastor. Why would you do that? Well, because it means we've been blessed of God. We've had a wonderful meal. God has blessed us immensely. You realize that two-thirds, two-thirds of the world will go to bed hungry each day? Wow. And so often our prayers are very general prayers. We pray, well, thank you, God, for all your blessings. Amen. But what, what blessings are we really thankful for? I think we need to do what the songwriter penned in your hymn book, the song, Count Your Blessings. What, what do you do with them? Oh, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Amen. I think we need to do that. Count your blessings. And so, our thanksgiving should include the blessings of life. Secondly, our thanksgiving should also include the burdens of life. Oh, my. First Thessalonians just described in everything, give thanks. Does that include the burdens? Yeah. Does that include the challenges? Yes. You may think, well, Paul, you must have made a mistake. Surely, you know, you weren't talking about that. I mean, uh, but he wasn't. Paul suffered from all kinds of things. I mean, he was shipwrecked. He had a thorn in the flesh he talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He, he was run out of town in one place. He was beaten. He was imprisoned, betrayed by friends. He was cold and destitute and hungry and stoned for his faith. Yet he never stopped giving thanks to the Lord. And his perspective on burdens was like this. He said in Romans, if I can get the verse, amen, I can't find it, but uh, you can help me guys. Move, move to the next slide, if you will. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings, our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed in us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 10, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, and in difficulties, for when I am weak, I am strong. Praise God. There we go. I am weak, I am strong. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. When we have the right perspective, then we can respond in the right way in thanksgiving. And understanding that others can be impacted by our testimony, when, we, when they see us go through hard times, when they see us go through burdens, and we don't just, you know blow up 
and, and just spew out all kinds of things. But we are sweet and gentle and kind. And we're giving glory to God even in the midst of challenging things. It's a great testimony because you're different than anybody else they know. I guarantee you that. Amen. And thirdly, our thanksgiving should include the benefits of life. When the Israelites focused on what they did not have, they failed to see what they did have. And every one of us, we're always adding to our prayer list. I'm always putting things on my prayer list. But more importantly, I think we should be adding to our praise list. And we should be adding to our thanksgiving list. Amen. Now, we've all had challenges. We've all had burdens. We've all had difficult times. And maybe even times that we've despaired of life itself. But if we actually looked at all the benefits of life, I think we would find it's good to be alive. It's good to be alive, to feel the wind in your face, to see the sunrise, to fall in love, to experience a, holding a newborn child, a grandchild, or great-grandchild for the first time, to feel the hug of a friend, to let them tell us that we are special. And friends, it's good to be alive if you're alive. Amen. I heard about an experiment that they did in New York City, Central Park. And an advertising firm took a man and dressed him in, in kind of shabby clothes and gave him a tin cup and had him sit in front of a building. And, uh, and they made a sign and put it around his neck and said, I'm blind. And uh, at the end of the day, he had collected almost $4, almost $4. And the next day, they dressed him in the same way, placed him in the same spot, and changed his sign to read, It's springtime, and I'm blind. And that day, at the end of the day, he had almost $40. Almost ten times the amount. And that day, people realized how blessed they were. And that it is springtime. And that it's, it's wonderful. And that here's a poor man that can't see what you see. And, and, and they were moved with generosity. As believers, there are so many benefits in life. If you open the book of Ephesians, you can read through all the blessings that has been bestowed upon you. You are redeemed. You are purchased. You are chosen. You have been adopted into the family of God. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You have an inheritance. Oh, wow, it's amazing. Just read through Ephesians chapter 1 and begin to list some of the things that God has bestowed upon you. Amen. And so our thanksgiving should be declared and it should, we should grow in our thanksgiving. Amen. But also our thanksgiving is undeniable evidence that you, your life has been changed. That you're no longer the way you used to be. That the evidence will be that you are offering thanksgiving to God. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 again. Paul says we are to give thanks in all circumstance because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for us. And he knows that if we do it, our lives will be changed in several ways. One of the ways that our lives will be changed is that it will be the evidence or the mark that we are growing. We are not stagnant. We are becoming a mature believer in Christ. Now, if you have a baby and that baby has colic... You can pick up that baby. They're not sleeping. They're, they're uh, uncomfortable. 
and you can hold that baby, you can walk with that baby, you can pat that baby, and you can do it for hours. And then when that baby finally settles down and you put him down or her down, they're not going to turn to you and say, thank you. I mean, if anything, they may start crying again. Amen. And so the point is, is that you have to teach a child to be thankful. And when you give them something, you teach them the correct response is to say what? Thank you. And so they're learning. They have to learn to express their gratitude. It just doesn't come naturally for most. Sometimes you almost have to force them to say thank you. Amen. And when we realize how blessed we are, by God and by others, and express it, when we realize that and we express it, then we are becoming mature. We're not just a baby anymore. We are growing in our walk with God. We're becoming mature. And so thanksgiving is a mark that we are maturing. We are growing. Secondly, our thanksgiving is also evidence that we are giving, that we are a giving person, not just a taking person. When we realize how much God has done for us, how much He continues to do, we should be more than happy to give something back to God and to others. And this comes through our time, giving our time, giving our talent, giving our service, giving of our finances when we see a need. Someone has said, I like this, for Thanksgiving to be real Thanksgiving, there has to be thanks And there has to be giving. Amen. Giving. This past year, our church has been very generous. And we have given and given and given. And the Lord helped us to bless Moldova with that Christian center, uh, that community center. We invested thousands of dollars in that. We've given to uh, help the homeless. We've given to help uh, feed families. We've given for stockings. We've given every month. We give to support over 40 missionaries. Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And we're on track this year, I've seen the the report, to surpass and to do more than we have ever done before in our giving. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. We can give thanks to God. Thanks to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the good news is our giving is on the increase. But just as our congregation has grown, so have our needs grown. (laughs) Amen. And just as God has blessed us, we should bless His work by being faithful and giving to His work. James chapter 117 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Do you have any good gifts in your life? Oh, amen. Or do you think it came from? Amen. It came from heaven above. Well... God loves a cheerful giver, and God watches you as you respond to others. Assuredly, Jesus said, Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Amen. So our thanksgiving is evidenced by our growing, becoming mature. It's evidenced by our giving, but it's also evidenced by our glowing. What are you talking about there, Pastor? We're going to glow in the dark? No, 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 no. You're going to rejoice. I mean, you're you're going to shine with joy. You're going to be a rejoicing believer. Amen. If you're thankful to God, it's going to show. You'll be rejoicing. You not only, you will not be a critical, constantly critical and pessimistic, but you're going to be eternally thankful. Even though your adversity may come your way, you know this is not the end of the story. 
Your eyes are focused on that which is eternal, not which that is temporal. Paul said, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he says in verse 18, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm closing now, and the musicians are coming with a thankful heart. Amen. Then I'm closing. No, no. They're coming. (laughs) Amen. And as I close today, I share with you the story of a great missionary from China. His name is Henry Frost. Henry Frost was a missionary to China, and he served for many, many years in China. And in his journal, he wrote of a very, very difficult season in his life. He had received some sad news from home. And because he could not go home to care for that family member, he said a a, a deep shadow of depression covered his soul. He said, I prayed and I prayed, but it would not lift. The darkness did not vanish. He said, I summoned within myself to endure, just endure, just press in, just, just, but the darkness only deepened. It did not lighten. He says, then I went to an inland station and I saw on the wall of the mission home these words inscribed, try thanksgiving. And he said, I did. And in a moment, every shadow was gone, not to return. Try thanksgiving. Praise God. The psalmist was right when he declared, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praise unto His name most high. Friend, you may be in a dark place in your own life. The shadows of life and circumstances may have creeped in around you. And you may be going through some difficult times. And you may have prayed, but it seems like it's just the darkness is still there. The challenge is still there. And you've told yourself, just endure, just keep going. And someday it'll it'll get better, but it hasn't gotten better. I've got a word for you today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me and open your hearts as we sing unto the Lord and offer thanksgiving to God and pour out your heart to God. Let me tell you, thanksgiving is a key, a key to victory in your life and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing about it now. Hallelujah, hallelujah.